Hi guys, welcome back to, to the Balanced and Empowered Fitness Podcast. Hannah Polly here today. Unfortunately, guys, Courtney will not be joining us. She is so sick. I feel so bad for her. Um, I'm praying that she gets better. Um, and you know, Courtney, she's one of those girls that just powers through when she's sick. So you know that when she's down and you know in, in bed and she's sick, like she's really sick. So I'm sending her all the love and hoping she gets and feels better ASAP. Uh, so it'll just be me today. Um, but also want to touch on, if you guys you know didn't see on social media, we changed our podcast name, which we are super excited about. So, you know, we were previously called the Thick Fit Fitness Podcast, and we actually just changed our name last week to the Balanced and Empowered Fitness Podcast. And although the Thick Fit Fitness Podcast, oh my gosh, such a mouthful, (laughs) although it was a cute name, we just, we have been wanting to change our name for a while, you know, just something that is more relevant to what we teach and what we represent. You know, we're all about teaching you guys and our clients how to live and sustain a healthy, balanced lifestyle and have balance in their life and sustainability. And, you know, we're also all about women's empowerment, you know, empowering women to be strong and confident, you know, live a healthy lifestyle. So we figured Balanced and Empowered Fitness Podcast was so perfect for, you know, again, what we educate on. I'm so sorry sorry guys excuse me and you know what we represent so um so yeah I just want to touch on that for those of you who may have missed that you're probably like okay why is this a whole different name now (laughs) that is why so we are now the balanced and empowered fitness podcast I'm so excited about it's just so much more appropriate for what we preach and I just I think it's absolutely perfect (laughs) uh so like I said I'll just be me today guys and as promised I wanted to touch on how to target your glutes and exercises and also exercises that you should be implementing in your training. So I posted this on my story. If this would be an episode that you ladies would be interested in and I got so much good feedback. So I'm so excited this episode. Um, and luckily with, you know, I'm it's so weird recording without Courtney, but luckily with this type of topic, it's very straightforward. So it's just a perfect topic to do solo. So let's dive in. So like I said before, we're going to talk about glutes today. Like just essentially today, what we're going to go over is, you know, typically these exercises you're probably already doing, but I'm going to give you some tips and little tweaks to make in the movement. It's going to help you activate and fire through the glutes. Uh, Like I said, also going to give you some recommendations, recommendations on exercises that you should be implementing um, at the end. So I also want to start off with this is a common question. I guess like, you know, how many days a week should I train glutes? And this is going to be so different for each person. So different. Um, you know, for someone who's very new to strength training, I don't have them doing lower body more than once, once a week, you know, for someone who's very brand new, um, you know, as you get more advanced, as your body adapts, we can always add more days in. So with this question, I suggest one to three. So with one being more on like the beginner's side where you're just doing like one lower body day with three being more on the, you know, experience side with someone who's been training for a long time. You know, like I said, I don't hardly have any clients that are doing three days of lower body days. I do have a few um, that have like been training for a long time and because their body is adapted and they're able to get these three days in. So like I said, it's not like you have to do three days. I think the sweet spot is one to three days. Um, it totally depends on like your schedule and routine, just how you're breaking up your training. So for example, I've been training for a long time now and I actually train legs and glutes three days a week. So, um, so I do three days a week. I do also quad and hamstring focused stuff as well, but most of my days are very glute focused because of how I 
set up my training and how I, you know, fire through with my glutes and really, really prioritize glutes in every movement. So, and like I said, it's so different for each person, but one to three days of hitting glutes a week, I think is great with three being way more on like the experience side, one being more on the beginner side. Now two days, great amount of days to hit glutes. Especially for those of you who are like more like maybe you're a year or two in a training or maybe you're advanced hitting two days a week. It's really, like I said, depends on how many days you're going, how you're recovering your sleep schedule. Like there's so many things that go that play a role here. So hope that answers your questions. And it's also something you want to like play with too, you know, sometimes three is even too much for more experienced like lifters. Maybe someone's like, gosh, I just feel like I'm not recovering enough. Like I'm still sore by my next leg day. So sometimes two is their sweet spot for me. I've learned that three is my sweet spot. You know, it's just what works for me specifically. So, and this, what, what works for one person won't work for the next. So just remember that, just try it out. And, you know, like I said, stick to one or two, you know, when you're first starting out and then, you know, down the road, maybe if you're like, okay, I want to do three glute leg days. And as long as again, you're eating enough and getting enough water in, et cetera, you guys know there's so many variables that go hand in hand. And also to touch on this as well is like, just remember, this is just strictly, I'm just talking about strictly training for targeting and building your glutes. So obviously this is just assuming that you have your nutrition, your water, your, your sleep, your stress managed, like all these other things are already intact. These are just strictly like training tips to help you build your glutes, assuming that all the other things are good, <laughs> that you're eating enough and all of that, eating adequately, um, getting hydrated, you know, eat enough protein, etc. So this is just a training only um, call because again, I don't want to like bombard you guys with too much info here. So <laughs> uh, we can break it down one thing at a time. So diving in. So like I said, one to three days, what I recommend and to start before you go into training, a big thing that I've learned that helps activate the glutes so well before a workout are making sure to do warm-ups and activation. So my biggest piece of advice is <clears throat> I suggest walking for like five minutes before your workout and very slow. Like if you're on a treadmill, like speed two, um, you know, got, get your music in your ears. Like I'm always like finishing my pre-workout while I'm doing my pre-workout walk. Uh, just, it's, it just times out perfectly. So if you're someone that drinks pre-workout, you can try that because it's amazing. <laughs> so by the time I'm doing my walk, I'm like, I'm ready to kill it. <laughs> uh, so like, or you can even do like a five minute slow bike ride. Like if you have like bikes at your gym, whatever you want to do, but just to get that blood flow and get, you know, get warmed up. Um, and then also you can do some activation and, and warm-ups that can help like activate the glutes before your training. So I always think of a warm-up as like those of you who, you know, are into makeup, like, you know how you put your primer on, right? Before you put your foundation on, before you put everything on, like you want to think like you're priming your muscles for your big lift. So uh, my favorite is banded glute bridges. So that's just a great warm up. Again, we're putting a booty band right above our knees. We're setting up on the floor on a glute bridge movement. We're just using a band because again, this is not an exercise. This is just like a warm up and activation exercise, not like part of like your working sets or your, your workouts. Um, I suggest three sets of 20. Like I said, these are very short. You want to keep a short rest break in between like 30 second rest breaks in between. Um, you're going to feel the burn, but again, we're not like pushing for like max reps here. We're just really, again, we're just getting the blood flowing into the glutes. We're activating the glutes, priming them for our big lifts. So like I said, glute bridges banded, put the band right above your knee, three sets of 20 short rest breaks in between and getting your booty ready for a good workout. <laughs> so after like the the banded glute bridges, that's when you want to go into your workout. So I'm going to give you guys a few tips 
for training. So these are just like a few tweaks that you can make and movements that you're most likely already doing that can help target more of your glutes and activate more of your glutes and fire more through your glutes. So those of you who more, who are more experienced in training, this might make a lot more sense to you um, versus someone who maybe if you're new, very new to training, not all this will make sense possibly right away, but that's okay because it's just good to hear this because as you become more advanced, it'll start to click and make sense. <laughs> so a few tips to start, especially just for like beginners and someone like very simple tips here. So first thing is with any glute movement, such as like a hip thrust or a squat, um, pretty much, or like a leg press where essentially like your feet are on like the ground or like pushing off like a sled, you want to make sure that your heel is aligned with your knee. So if you're, if you're doing a, like, if you're doing a hip thrust and your feet are farther forward than your knees, typically, so they're, they're really far out from your body. Typically you're going to feel that a lot in your hamstring. If your heels are really close inside your knees, like closer to your body, not in line with your knees, you're probably going to feel that a lot in your quads. So having it aligned with your knee, heel and heel and knee aligned on like hip thrusts and bridges is essential um, for making sure that we're fine through the glutes. Also on leg presses as well. You know, if you have your feet really high, you're typically going to be hitting <clears throat> more hamstrings. If you have your feet really low, like beneath, you're going to be hitting more quads. So making sure that they're aligned and, <clears throat> and really digging through those heels. That's another tip is you want your heel to be aligned with in alignment with your knee, but also you want to be firing through your heels, pushing through your heels. So like when you go to push on like a squat or you go to push on a hip thrust or a leg press, you want to think of pushing through your heels. And what that's going to do, that's actually going to activate your glutes and help fire through the glutes as well. So those, like just those few tweaks right there will make a huge difference. I know that's like a really big issue with hip thrust because some people out there like, I don't feel it in my glutes. And typically it's because of like, their foot placement. Like it's not correct. It has to be in line with your, with heel and knee alignment. And that will make the biggest, biggest difference. Um, also another thing, this is huge is making sure that your spine is neutral in movement. I cannot stress this enough. Um, so, you know, you want to think of like your spine all like, uh, pretty much your whole spine. You want that to be neutral throughout the movement. You don't want to be bending or like hunching your back in, in movement because that's going to take complete tension off the glutes. And if anything, it's going to hurt your back. Um, so an example of this, because again, I know this can be kind of hard to like these tips I'm giving you, if you're a visual learner, this might be kind of hard to understand, but once you like take these tips and, and really implement them and like just practice it, you're like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, so like, for example, in hip thrust, you want to make sure that you're not just like, you want to make sure that you tuck your head. So you want to, like, when you're doing a hip thrust, you want to make sure that like you're, you want to touch your chin almost to your, like your chest. You want to be looking like down, I guess you should say, but that's going to help keep your spine neutral as well throughout the movement. Um, also on squats, like you don't want to be looking like up to the ceiling. You do not want to do that on squats. That is breaking that, that neutral of like neutral alignment of your spine. You want to be looking like you almost look straight ahead, but slightly down. Like I would say, I'm not saying you're looking down at the ground, but you're not looking like straight ahead. It's like, you're looking like, like if you're looking at a mirror, you're looking almost like where your feet would be through the mirror, if that makes sense. So you just want to make sure, again, you just want to think of if you're a visual person, you just want to think like, okay, I want my spine to be completely neutral. Like we don't want any, any hunches in there. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> so I hope that that makes sense. And as always, guys, if you guys have any questions on this, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, which I'll give you guys the socials at the end um, as well. But if you have any questions, I'm always here for questions and happy to help in, in, any, in any way possible. So another thing that you can do as well is you can do a little bit more of a wider stance to fire through the glutes. So on leg press and on squats, like, you know, typically a closer stance, you're going to feel more quads, but if you widen your stance slightly, so I suggest like, like what works specifically for me and I've a lot of clients over the years is putting your feet slightly outside shoulder width and turning them slightly outward. Um, it's also going to help open up your hips, open up your range of motion, but also it's going to help fire through the glutes. So again, you want to keep these same tips in mind. Remember, keep that, keep your spine neutral, um, push and dig through your heels every single rep. Uh, it's so, so important. And, and like I said, having a wider stance on like leg presses and and squats can make a really big difference here. And like hip thrusts and bridges and things like that as well. Um, it can just help fire through the glutes more. Um, and also again, digging through your heels, all these things that I'm talking about, you want to make sure that we're implementing on every single exercise that I like that we talk about. So that way I don't hit it. Like I don't keep repeating the same things in your ear and you're like, okay, Hannah, stop repeating yourself. Um, just so you know, always again, dig through your heels here and any type of leg press, hip thrust movement. We want to make sure that heels align with our knee. We want to tuck our head if we, when needed on like <clears throat> leg press and, um, hip thrust and like hip bridge, or I'm sorry and glute bridges um, to make sure we're keeping that spine aligned. Um, or I'm sorry, our, our spine neutral. I always say aligned and I sound like a freaking chiropractor. <laughs> I mean, keeping your spine neutral here. So, so yes. And another thing is mind muscle connection. So you guys may have heard this before and you might just be like, okay, Hannah is crazy talking to us saying we need to think about the muscles that we're working and that it makes difference, but it does. I promise you there are studies done. Like mind muscle connection is such a huge part of building any muscle because you want to think about the muscle that you're working, especially when we're training, like, you know, our posterior chain, like, you know, we can't see our glutes being worked. You know what I mean? For the most part, unless we like videotape, but I'm saying during the movement, we physically can't really see typically. So it's so, so important. Like essentially what mind muscle connection is, is you just want to think about the muscle that you're working. And this is like, this is, is, is not only for glutes. This is for literally any muscle. You don't want to just do reps to do it. Like you want to think about like when you're doing squats, you're doing leg press, like, you know, like thinking about the glutes working, you know, again, putting all those other tips, like utilizing all these other tips I'm talking about, but also thinking about the glutes being worked. And it really makes a big difference. And again, I'm not saying that the first time you like think about it and you're going to be like, oh, that made a big difference. But like over time, consistently practicing it every single workout, I promise you, it'll make such a big difference. You have to think about the muscle that you're working. But the thing is, is like mind muscle connection won't work if you're not doing all these other previous things I talked about. Like I said, if your heel's not in line with your knee, if your spine's not neutral, you know, if you're not really digging with your heels, like you're not really going to be able to have that mind muscle connection because your form and like foot placement isn't correct to do so. So you have to have all these other ducks in a row to make sure we're able to really, really successfully, successfully use mind muscle connection. So I hope that all makes sense. It all goes hand in hand. It really does. <laughs> Another thing is, so for those of you who do split squats, so split squats are different than Bulgarian split squats. Split squats are where you have one foot in front of the other and that other, like that front foot's the dominant foot, you know, where you're loading the weight and the back foot is just there for balance. We're not trying to push off our back foot literally at all. It's just there to balance you. You're putting all the load on the front foot. 
So a way to make this more glute focused is you want, you can elevate your front foot. So what that will do is it creates a better range of motion, which is of course going to help dig deeper and you're going to be able to fire through the glutes even more. It's going to be a lot more glute focused. So for me personally, when I do these, I can't do as much weight from when I do normal split squats. Again, split squats are where both feet are on the ground, one foot in the front, one in the back. The back's just balancing weights loaded on the front foot. I can do so much more when I don't like elevate the front foot. And it's because you don't get as good of a range of motion and a better range of motion is always better for working a muscle. So that's just a really good tip. You can always elevate your front foot on split squats to help you know, target more glutes. But again, split squats are different. And I'm not talking about Bulgarian split squats. Bulgarian split squats are where you have one, your back foot up on a bench, but I'm talking about normal split squats where like both feet are on the ground. Um, and yes, so also like on Bulgarian split squats that I was talking about. So this is the one we all hate, right? Bulgarian split squats are, they're so good for us, but man, they suck in the moment. Like they're just one of those really hard exercises. Um, so again, that's where you have one foot up front, the foot where we're loading the weight and the back foot up on a bench behind us. And you really just want to keep like your toe on the bench. Like you don't want to be pushing from that back foot off the bench to give yourself any help at all. It's just literally there to balance you. You're loading all the weight on the front. Um, but a way to make this more glute focused is pushing the foot farther out from the body. So again, we want to keep that heel aligned with our knee, um, keeping a little bit farther from the body and leaning forward slightly. So again, we're keeping that our spine neutral here, and we're really pushing through our heels and making that more glute focused. So that's going to be a lot more glute focused versus doing Bulgarian split squats where your foot's closer towards you and you're sitting straight up. That's going to be, of course, you're going to indirectly hit like your quads and hamstrings and glutes, but it's going to be more quad dominant if you're like, again, if your foot's closer towards your body and you're not leaning forward slightly. And again, I don't ever want to feel like you should not ignore your hamstrings or quads. <laughs> I hit all parts of my lower body here. Like I said, this is just a, a way for someone who's really trying to target their glutes. It's, these are just little tips you can help make things more glute dominant um, in your training. So like I said, I don't want, I don't want to come off as that. Like I'm saying like, hey, don't train quads or hamstrings. Like, we want to hit all parts of our lower body. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So also as well, something that has made the biggest difference in hitting my glutes and like, especially like bigger movements. I actually heard this on a podcast a while back and I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. I'm going to try it. And oh my gosh, it has made the biggest difference. Like my ass is on fire. So you want to think about like, again, if you're someone who's like really having like, like, let's say you have a designated glute day and you're like, I'm really just trying to fire through my glutes as much as possible. So Let's say you're doing leg press. This is leg press is where I've really, really been able to like do this really well. And it's made a huge difference for me. So you want to think about pushing and loading the weight through your glutes. So, and, and that can be such so much easier said than done, right? Because with leg press, you guys know how to, especially as we start stacking weight on there, we're just trying to push that freaking sled up. Like typically we're not thinking about which leg muscles we're working. We're just trying to push it up, which again is great. Like I recommend going heavy on leg press as long as you're keeping proper form and pushing hella weight. But like I said, for more of like a glute focused workout, what I've done again, like I said, keeping all these other tips in mind, you know, um, keeping that my heel in line with my knee going, doing a little bit of a wider stance, um, pushing through my heels, keeping my head tucked where my spine is neutral on the press. And like I said, really pushing through my heels, thinking about my glutes, but loading the weight through your glutes. So what I mean by that is like, we're strictly pushing through our heels, pushing the weight up on leg press, but also slowly 
loading the weight and controlling it back down all through the glutes. Now, this involves a lot of mind-muscle connection here. So like I said, those of you who are more experienced, this will make sense when you try it. Those of you who are beginners, you might be like, Hannah, what the hell are you talking about? But it will make sense eventually, I promise. But you want to think about, again, the muscle that you're working. This also is really relevant on hip thrusts. Um, you know, for hip thrusts, you guys have seen it where people will load a ton of weight on there and thrust it up in the air, which is whatever. Like I said, everyone, they can, that's what they want to do. That's fine. For me personally, I don't do hip thrusts to see how much I can thrust up in the air. Like I do it to feel the movement. I do it to load and fire through my glutes and overall build my, and develop my glute muscles. So, so when you do too heavy of a weight, you're using so much momentum on hip thrusts, right? Like you're just kind of thrusting it. Like, yeah, you're using a little bit of glutes, but you're also using a lot of momentum, a lot of back, a lot of hamstrings, quads, just to try to get the weight up. So what I do is I do a weight where I slowly come up on the hip thrust, again, pushing through my heels. I squeeze the rep at the top for two seconds, and then I slowly come back down. Like even when I come down off the movement, I'm still controlling the weight with my glutes and firing through my glutes. And it's the same thing with leg press too. As I come back down, I'm slowly controlling it and loading through my glutes and then pushing back up through my glutes. Oh my gosh, guys, I swear this will make a huge difference on your hip thrust and leg press. If you do this, just think about, and you might have to go a little bit lighter. Like I have to go a little bit lighter in weight to do this. Like I still go as heavy as possible, as heavy as I can. But when you're really firing through the glutes and really like making that your primary muscle that you're pushing there. And, and really controlling the movement on the way down, not letting it come down too quickly, but really focusing on like loading through the glutes. It makes such a big difference. Oh my gosh. Like if you try it, you have to let me know because I swear your ass will be on fire and leg presses and hip thrusts. <laughs> and really just in any movement, you want to make sure to control it. Like you don't want to just throw weight around. You don't want to like, you know, you don't want to be out of control with it, do things too quickly. Like you should feel every single movement. Um, but really like pushing, loading the weight through the glutes, especially on like hip thrusts and leg press and really letting that weight come down slowly and controlling it through your glutes, pushing through your heels, thinking about your glutes, working it. Oh my gosh, it, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. Um, <clears throat> so also on straight leg deadlifts with honestly, glute focused straight leg deadlifts are probably one of my favorite glute exercises. And yeah, so typically if you think of straight leg deadlift, you think that's more of like a hamstring focused exercise, right? Like for those of you who do straight leg deadlifts, you know, you're pretty much when you do them, whether it's dumbbell or barbell, you're standing with your feet about shoulder width, maybe a little bit closer in, um, and you're, you have like a slight bend in your knee, right? Where you're not completely locked up, but you're like not completely bent and you're just lowering the weight down. And as you come down, you feel the stretch mostly in your hamstrings and you come back up. You're, you're still keeping that spine aligned. You want to keep your spine not aligned, your spine neutral. <laughs> um, but to make them more glute focused, what you do is <clears throat> essentially to make it in simple terms, you just want to bend your knees slightly more than you would in a normal straight leg deadlift. So I bend my knees and I, it's almost like you bend your knees and you push your booty and hips backwards. Like almost like if you're trying to touch your booty against the wall. And I'm not saying you're trying to like arch your, you're not arching your back here. You're just pushing it out, still keeping your spine neutral, um, you know, keeping that head tucked as well. Again, we're not looking up when we do straight leg deadlifts, keeping that spine neutral, pushing your ass and hips out backward. Like you're trying to touch like a wall behind you, but not arching your back and bending your knees a little bit more and firing through the glutes. When you come up, digging through your heels. Oh my gosh. It is such a glute focused movement. Like, honestly, I typically do these. 
I do glute focused straight leg deadlifts. I don't do normal straight leg deadlifts anymore. And obviously with any of these, like you're like, even on the glute focused straight leg deadlifts, like we're still indirectly hitting hamstrings, right? It's just like the glute is like the primary muscle being worked there. And then the same thing with normal straight leg deadlifts, like even though it's mostly hamstring, the glutes are still indirectly being worked there as well. Just not the primary one. So it's funny because yesterday I was actually trying to record the difference of like, Hey, this is a straight, normal straight leg deadlift for more hamstrings. And here's glute focus. And it was so hard for me. It felt so weird doing a normal straight leg deadlift for hamstrings. Like, I just don't do them anymore. I do them very glute focused always. It's just funny how different, even though just a slight bit more bend in your knees and just pushing your hips and ass back, like hip hinging, it makes such a difference. Um, but honestly, like you use hip hinge really in <clears throat> in any movement, because we don't want to have that rounding or arching of our back. So, you know, again, you always have that slight bend in your knees and you want to think about pushing your hips and glutes backwards. Like your hips and glutes are heavily at play in, in, in any hip hinge movement. So like, if you guys might've seen like maybe like videos or just like, I know I've done it before where when I used to squat my or deadlift, like my back would be all hunched. Like I had no neutral spine. So that's just going to be a lot harder on your lower back versus utilizing a proper hip hinge where again, knees are slightly bent. We're pushing our hips and ass backwards. Almost like, again, we're trying to touch it behind a wall, but not arching our back. Um, and like I said, it helps keep the focus on the hips and glutes and taking off the lower back. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. Again, if you just, if you're someone who's like, I need to see like a visual, if you just look up like Google hip hinge, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but we do it a lot. You know, it's, you have to utilize a hip hinge to ensure that again, we're not putting too much focus on the lower back or even like you like going too far forward and, you know, and going way over our knees. Like it's, it's just, it's essential, <laughs> especially in like glute focused like movements as well. So also, you know, and as with, this is just with building any type of muscle is we have to use progressive overload. Like I cannot stress this enough for those of you who might not know what progressive overload is. Essentially, it's just, you just want to increase weight and reps every set and every workout that you possibly can. And, you know, so essentially you want, that's how you get stronger. Like if we're not, if we're not increasing weight or reps and exercises, we're not going to progress from there. You know what I mean? Like we have to overload the muscles that were being worked. We have to overload them to build them and grow. And, you know, as we get stronger, we build more muscle, which of course changes our body composition. You know, that's how we get that tone to look that we all strive for. So you want to think essentially like, okay, every set and every workout, we think, how can I be stronger than last set? Like, can I get, can I increase weight or can I increase reps? Now I'm not saying increase weight. If your form was crappy, like form is always a top priority. We never want to sacrifice form to get more weight because again, you're really just increasing chance of injury. And also you're not getting as much out of the movement. So for example, if you're doing shoulder presses with 15 pound dumbbells, you have three sets of 12 and you get the first set with of 12 easy. Don't do that next set with 15s because it was super easy, right? Try 20s. Okay, let's go to 20. Let's get 12. If you get 12, pretty good. Perfect. That felt great. You know what? That last set of 12, let's go up to 25s. And you know what I mean? So like you want to try to just increase as you can. Now let's say you do the set of 15 reps or 15 dumbbells of 12s and you're like, okay, that that last rep that last 12th rep was so hard I could not have gotten another one. So next set that don't go up. I would suggest like, you know, or if like, if your form was sacrificed, like, gosh, my form got really crappy those last three reps. Don't go up and wait because you don't want to keep, you're just going to ha keep having bad form. 
keep the weight there, but just try to um, get as many reps as you can. You know what I mean? Or even sometimes go down in weight if you have to, and just get more reps. You can always try to get stronger through more weight or more reps. You just never want to do so if it's sacrificing form. Um, but also this just helps ensure that you're challenging yourself enough as well. And this is so important in building the glutes and really in any muscle, but um, progressive overload is so, so important. And, you know, also this is another reason why I'm going to cover this too, but this is why I'm a big believer that you should keep the same training split for at least, at least eight to 12 weeks. I mean, you could even do it longer than that. Like, honestly, I'm pretty sure Courtney's been following the same training plan for like six months. <laughs> and, you know, also, although she's pregnant now, but like before she was pregnant, when she was able to like really, really like utilize progressive overload, like she was like, her workouts never got easier. You know what I mean? Because you're always able to challenge yourself more and more with adding more weight or adding more reps. Um, there's different ways to like implement progressive overload, you know, time under tension and things like that, shorter rest breaks. But I say, keep it simple. Try to increase weight or reps, any set that you can, as long as form is intact and as long as we're close to getting those reps. Um, so hopefully that makes sense, <clears throat> but you know, I'll keep the same training plan for eight to 12 weeks and the exercises, they never get easier. Like your exercise, your training split should not ever get too easy. As long as you have a solid split, because you're, again, you're going to get stronger at the movement and you really want to try to increase weight or reps every single set, every single workout that you can. I'm not saying you're going to get stronger every single set or every workout. And it's okay if, you know, maybe you're stagnant on weights or maybe someday you're a little bit, you're a little bit lower. Like those days happen, but overall over a period of time, you will get stronger if you just keep the same split and really, really focus on overloading the muscle and utilizing progressive overload. It's, it's the main, it's like such a key factor in building muscle and especially with the glutes. So again, you just don't want to keep doing the same weights over and over. Like if it's too easy, like that, you know, you just want to think that's kind of like going through the motions. You want to think, okay, how can I push myself to more of this next set? How can I get stronger this next set or next workout? So with that mindset, oh my gosh, it'll take you so far. <laughs> um, so like I said, I want to give you guys a few exercises that you should be implementing. So if you're more of like an experienced, like train, like lifter, you might already be adding these in, but again, utilizing those tips I just talked about on helping fire through the glutes can help so much with just activating your glutes even more in these. Um, and if you're a beginner, you know, I'm not saying like for someone who's a beginner, I'm not adding all these exercises in right away whatsoever, but it's just good to hear about like what they are and why they're important. And these are things that you should eventually definitely have in your exercise, as long as you don't have any like injuries or things like that, that keeps you from doing them. Um, and as long as you have like the equipment available as well. So just want to kind of go over a few like essentials that I think you should add in for like, again, for glute specific training here. So compounds are so important and compounds are bigger movements where we're utilizing a lot of muscles. Like we don't want to do just a bunch of like banded, like isolation exercises. Cause it's really hard to like overload that muscle, right? Like we need compound movement. So important. I always suggest a healthy balance of compound heavy movements with isolated movements as well. And I'm going to go over those. So Squats is one of the main things you should definitely add in again with all these exercises, as long as you don't have any injuries or things like that, obviously someone who has really bad knees, I'm not going to be like, oh, we need to throw squats in, you know what I mean? But for those of you who are able to do these things, these are things that you should be adding in. So personally for squats, I do, I go back and forth between like barbell and Smith machine. Personally, I think both are really beneficial, but I prefer Smith machine for glute focused the reason that is, is because, you know, with, you guys know with barbell squats, there's so many things you're thinking about, you know, you gotta, there's just so many muscles being worked there. And, and so the same thing with Smith machine glute squats, or I'm sorry, Smith machine squats, 
but with the Smith machine, I just feel like you can fire so much more through your glutes. So what I'll do is I'll use a Smith machine. I'll keep my feet, you know, wider, a little bit wider stance. I always do a wider stance because I'm always like trying to focus so hard. I'm like, you know, I want to activate hips, glutes. Um, <clears throat> so I'll do a little bit wider, wider stance. Again, those tips we talked about, you know, making sure that your heel is aligned with your uh, knee, pushing through your heels and just really going slow and loading the weight in the glutes. It really makes such a big difference. Like I said, barbell squats are amazing too. Something you can also do is add a, a booty band on like your squats. If you don't feel it a lot in your glutes, it can kind of help activate those glutes. Personally, I feel like banded squats, barbell, like he banded heavy barbell squats are really awkward, especially on a Smith machine for me, because I do a really wide stance. So the, the adding the band might be beneficial if like a wide stance doesn't work well for you. Um, but like typically my stance, I'm outside shoulder width, and my feet are slightly outward. Uh, so for me, adding a band, I feel it a lot more in my glutes. If I don't, if I add a band, sometimes I feel it in my lower back. It's weird. But if you do like a pretty normal stance, maybe slightly outside shoulder width, you can try to add a band in your squats, barbell or Smith machine. Um, and that can also help target the glutes as well. Uh, the glute focus straight leg deadlift I talked about earlier. So again, we're slightly bending those knees more, utilizing hip hinge, um, just really focusing on firing through the glutes. Uh, leg press is another you should totally be doing again, as long as you are able to, and as long as you know, you're, you have that equipment available. Um, like I talked about again, utilizing all those tips, making that very glute focused, uh, barbell hip thrusts and glute and glute bridges essential. These are one of the best glute exercises as well. Cause it's, it's very, it's a very glute dominant movement, right? So the hip thrust is where your back is up against the bench and you're thrusting, you know, either a dumbbell or a barbell. Um, and a glute bridge is where you're completely laying flat, like your back's flat on the ground and you're thrusting from the ground and using a barbell or a dumbbell. Um, there's also some gyms have like those glute drive machines, which are so great. Those are like a hip thrust machine. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. So if you have one of those, I recommend using those. And again, using all those tips that we talked about earlier for the hip thrust. Um, but <clears throat> I know that it's, it's totally fine having to use like a, a barbell for like hip thrusts or bridges, make sure you have like a pad or something to make sure you line it against your pelvis and bone because, and like your hips, because they'll bruise a lot if you don't, it's like so painful. So you want to make sure you have some type of pad to use there. Um, split squats, like I talked about earlier. So again, this is where both feet are on the ground, one foot in front, one in back, the front foot's one we're loading on. So keeping that front foot elevated will help, you know, bring a bigger range of motion and also drive more through the glutes. Uh, Bulgarian, <clears throat> sorry, guys, <laughs> losing my voice on you. Bulgarian split squat. So again, that's where we have one foot in the front and one, our back foot's actually balanced on a bench behind us. So again, with any split squat, whether it's normal split squats or Bulgarian split squats, we want to make sure that that back foot is not helping us at all, right? It's literally just there to help us balance. We are not pushing through that back foot to get this weight. All the weight's loaded on the front um, as well. So with Bulgarian split squats, keeping that foot farther out from the bench, um, and then also leaning slightly forward. That's going to help target more of your glutes and keeping that spine neutral. Hip abductions, huge here. So the seated hip abduction is amazing. Um, absolutely recommend that. At home, like if you're at home, something you could do is like banded hip abductions where you're laying on one side, you have the band around your, like the booty band around your ankles and you're lifting one leg up. Um, you really want to, it's 
essentially it's, it's working. You want to think side booty here. Like we are working that hip, that side booty. Um, I personally, I feel hip abductions have made the biggest difference in the glutes. That's what gives you that shelf, right? Like you're building that upper glute and that's what you, you know, you look, when you look from the side, that's like where the roundness helps a lot is like where the hip abductions work. So these are so, so important, um, here also reverse lunges. Reverse lunges are amazing. So any lunge is great. Cause again, lunges, you're working all parts of your legs and lower body reverse lunges are very glute focused. So it, it's something to try. Like if you just do normal lunges, which is great, but reverse lunges will definitely target more glutes as well. Um, so it's something to try. It might feel awkward at first when you first do them. I know for me personally, I was like, these feel so weird, but once I got used to them, oh my gosh, my ass is just like on fire the whole time I'm doing them versus like normal lunges are great, but typically most like in, in normal walking lunges or forward lunges, like, yeah, you're indirectly working glutes and hamstrings, but a lot of them are very quad quad dominant, but with reverse lunge, reverse lunges, it takes a lot of the quad out of it. And it's more of a glute focused exercise. So of course, with keeping all those tips in mind and tweaks that I talked about earlier. So this is one of my absolute favorites as well, are good mornings and reverse banded hack squats. So essentially the reverse banded hack squat that like I do, it's, it's pretty much like a good morning on a machine. Um, so a good morning, you guys have probably seen these before. It's very glute dominant exercise. So let's say you're doing barbell, you have the bar on your back. And again, you're utilizing all those tips we talked about earlier. You're really utilizing the hip hinge here. We're pushing that booty backwards, have our knees bent and we're firing, like we're pushing our booty backwards, almost like we're touching a wall behind us, but not arching our back, keeping that spine neutral <laughs> and pushing and firing through the glutes, coming back up and then repeating that. So it's a very glute focused exercise. You should not feel these in your back. These are things I never put in like someone who's new to training because it's a very hard movement. But once you like get it, you're like, wow, I feel that all in my glutes. So instead of like barbell good mornings, I actually use a reverse I usually, I do the reverse hack squat version. So I'll do the hack squat. I'll get on it almost like I'm doing a good morning. I'll put a band right above my knees. Oh my gosh. So like when I do the hack squat, I'm not doing a normal squat. Like I'm not bending. I'm utilizing the hip hinge and I'm like pushing my booty backwards, keeping my knees really bent. So I'm really just firing so much through my glutes. Again, obviously other parts of my legs here are getting used indirectly, but really, really using the reverse hack squat as like a, it's like, you want to think of it as like a good morning on, on a machine with the band. It's, it's incredible. It, I have been doing it for about a year and a half now, and it's made the biggest difference in my, in my glute development. In my opinion, it's been like a staple in my training um, for the past year and a half. But this is, again, that's for more like someone who's very used to training and who does good mornings. It's just another like alternative to try. I would never recommend that for someone who's just starting out because it's very easy to use your back on good mornings when it's not done properly. Oh, that's one of my faves for sure. <laughs> and uh, cable kickbacks are amazing. Again, a cable kickback, I feel like a lot of people think, oh, I have to do kickbacks. And it's like, it's not something you have to do, but it's a great isolation exercise, especially for target. Like you can do them differently to target different parts of the glutes. Um, so it's like the cable kick or cable glute kickback. So typically you guys have seen like those ankle, you put like an ankle strap on and you kick your foot backwards. Now this is a really complicated exercise to get if you're a beginner, you know, because it's so easy just to use our hamstrings or use momentum to get the weight back. Um, but really, really bending that leg. <clears throat> I always stand at like a 90 degree angle. So like my, the top of my body is parallel to the ground and I keep a, a pretty much of a bend in my leg. And I just push my my booty backwards with my glute and just, it's very slow and controlled. If you're a visual learner, you want to look these up, cable, glute cable kickbacks. You can find so many good videos on these. There's different ways to do them, but 
it's a great isolation exercise that I implement at least once weekly. I especially do them to target more of like my upper glute as well. Cause that's also a really like hard muscle to hit sometimes. So there's different ways you can target them. Cable kickbacks are amazing. Also, if you're working out from home, you can always do banded cable or I'm sorry, banded glute kickbacks. So um, what I do is like, I'll put the booty band, like above, like right above my knees. And I'll kind of stand that same way. Like my, if I'm holding onto like a chair, I'm like my top of my body is like parallel to the ground. And then I'm just kicking, keeping that same bend in my knee throughout the entire movement and just firing back with my glute and just pumping out. It's a great booty pump, <laughs> but yeah, if you have troubles with kickbacks, definitely look up some videos. Um, it's essential because once you get the form down, it's a, it's a very glute dominant exercise and it, it's a great isolation exercise. Um, and last but not least deadlifts. So sumo and conventional. So sumo deadlifts is where you guys have seen where people have their feet really wide and their grips inside, um, inside of their feet. And then conventional is the opposite where their feet's about little outside shoulder width, maybe sometimes in shoulder width, and their hands are outside of their feet, of their foot placement. So these deadlifts, obviously different ones, it works different parts of your body. So sumo deadlifts, although there's a shorter range of motion there, because, you know, if you think about like when your feet are out really wide and you try to touch the ground, it's easier, right? Because you have a shorter range of motion. Like if you try to touch your hands to the ground, but if you bring your feet in closer, shoulder width, it's harder to touch the ground than it would be if your feet were out wider because it's a longer range of motion. So it's kind of the same thing here with like conventional and sumo deadlifts. Like you get a short, shorter range of motion with sumos because your feet are out wide and you get more of a range of motion in conventional. But again, they just work different parts. And I think they're both really beneficial. So sumo deadlifts, I think, are so great for like glute and hip development. Um, <clears throat> it's a very glute and hip focused exercise. Of course, you're still, it's a compound movement. So you're utilizing so many muscle, different muscles in your body to push that weight up or pull that weight up. Um, so I always suggest like a healthy combination of both. Like one split, I'll have clients do like sumo deadlifts. The next split, I'll have them do conventional and I'll kind of alternate um, because again, they both work the glutes. They both can work, you know, they're both so beneficial. Conventional can involve a little bit more back than sumo, but when done properly, again, really fine for the glutes, utilizing those tips that we talked about earlier, loading the weight through the glutes and not just doing a bunch of like weight just to pull it up. Obviously, yeah, it's great to go heavy on deadlifts, but when you're someone who's like, you're not like powerlifting and you're just really trying to feel the movement and, you know, really develop the muscle, you know, can make, make sure it's a weight that like you're pushing yourself and like, you're really, really going to a fair failure, but also like you're controlling the movement, you're keeping good form and you're firing through those glutes and really, really focusing on the muscle that you're being worked. So yes. And like I said before, you know, having a solid training split, whatever that may look like for you, however many days, like, again, there's no right or wrong amount of days to go to the gym. You just want to make sure that you're, you're hitting each body part. Um, you know, that it works, it's realistic for your schedule. And again, with a solid split, you want to stay consistent to that for at least eight to 12 weeks and make sure that we're utilizing progressive overload. That is so, so important. And again, with, with keeping the same workouts for eight to 12 weeks, it's great because you can track the weight that you're using. Right. So like, I suggest if you don't have like it, like my, our clients have like an app where they, like they put their weights in every workout. So that way they know, okay, this is where I started last week. Let me try to get stronger, but you could also do like a notebook. You guys have probably seen people keep notebooks in the gym. Um, that's a good way to track your strength. So that way you can really, really track strength progression and make sure you're really utilizing progressive overload properly. Again, you want to try to think about how can I get stronger here? Um, this next set or next workout, you know, can I increase weight or can I increase reps? I'm not saying every day or every workout, you're going to get stronger, but over a period of time, as you stay consistent, you will get stronger. 
Um, especially because again, like we talked about earlier, especially if all your other ducks in a row, as far as nutrition and water intake and, um, you know, sleep and stress management, you know, so many other things that go into it, but just training wise, staying consistent as well. Um, and also too, like, again, especially with glute training, just like a little side note here to finish up. A lot of people think like we need to do a bunch of banded body weight exercises or just do a bunch of isolation exercises. And honestly, that is not how you build your glutes. Like, like we're not in the gym to try to burn as many calories as we can. We're in the gym to build muscle and get stronger, which again, overall changes our body composition. So like, you know, everyone's so different. I suggest like maybe four to eight exercises eight being more on the experience side on your leg days, you know, making sure to implement these that we talked about, you know, we want those compounds. We also want those isolated uh, movements as well, like a happy, healthy combination of both, you know, doing about three or four sets of each. And just really, again, biggest thing too, is utilizing progressive overload and staying consistent. Um, you know, consistency, utilizing progressive overload, really, really focusing on you know, giving each rep a purpose, right? So we're not just doing these exercises to do them. Like we want to make sure that each rep has a purpose and that we're feeling it. Um, you know, we're already there. We're in our gym or in our house working out. It's like, you might as well make it worth your time, right? If like, we're, if we're already there putting in the work, like really make it count because we want to get the results, right? Like that's what we're doing this for. <laughs> so I hope that this makes sense, guys. I hope this was helpful. I know it's like so much info. Honestly, when Courtney and I were talking about this, I'm like, gosh, I feel like this is such a short topic, but in reality, it's actually a lot of info. So um, I know it might seem overwhelming for someone who maybe if you're newer to training, but like I said, this, these things, if you start implementing them, it will make sense as you get more experience in the gym. Those of you who are more experienced and just wanted some advice for like helping to like fire through the glutes more, I hope this was helpful. Um, I feel like I've literally been talking nonstop <laughs> for so long because typically Courtney and I, you know, we do these and like, we'll kind of take turns going over things. So I feel like my mouth is so dry. So, um, I hope this was helpful guys. I hope I didn't go on and on too long, but I hope everything made perfect sense. And if it didn't, please let me know. Um, you know, as you guys know, please feel free to reach out to our podcast page or to my page or Courtney's page. If you have, if you have literally any questions whatsoever, we're always happy to help and answer any questions. Um, also like a last thing too, is like, always record yourself on movements that you're not sure of. It's a really good way to check your form. So especially doing these exercises, making them more glute focused, make sure to set your phone up against like your water bottle, put it on record front screen facing. And that way you can make sure that you're implementing all these things that you're doing. You know, your, your heels align with your knee, you're, you're tucking your, your head, you know, to make you keeping your spine neutral, you're pushing through your heels. Like these are all things you can see on video. So I highly recommend recording yourself. If you don't have a coach to send it to just to like, look for yourself as well. So I meant to touch on that towards the end, but thank you guys so much. If this episode was helpful, please, please, please leave us a review. If you are listening on Apple podcasts, every review makes such a big difference. Plus we just love feedback. Like it means so much to us. Um, and just feel free to share with anyone who you think this could be helpful for or share on your story. If you do tag, us. Um, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning on this episode. You guys are amazing. Um, and I'm super excited to see you guys next episode. Thank you. Hope you guys have a great, awesome week.